0: Welcome to Twin Flame Transformation Season 2. My name is Michelle and I will be your host and guide. On today's podcast, I want to dive into spiritual discernment and why this is so important, so imperative to really fine tune on the Twin Flame journey. And as I dive into this, I want to talk about the differences between fantasies versus visions and obsessions versus knowings. Also, don't forget to stay to the end where you'll be able to hear another twin flame share. Okay, so let's get started. I want to start with the difference between fantasy versus visions. Now, fantasy usually comes from our imagination, whereas visions Are more of a supernatural experience. They sort of come out of nowhere and they come usually as a knowing as something a little supernatural. Where fantasy is where we engage in our imagination and we conjure up ideas and we conjure up scenarios and, and quite often, fantasies don't come true, where visions are more of a knowing of a future event. So let's look at those by starting with the vibration of them, right? Each of those carries a different vibration, right? So fantasy starts in our conscious mind. And then as we go into our imagination, we're opening up to our unconscious, which is a great place to create from, right? We often create from our fantasies and our visions. But the visions I'm referring to here are the visions that come from, say, a deeper place, a deeper knowing. So, when we tap into our fantasy and we let our mind just go, we're using our conscious mind with our unconscious mind and we're creating different scenarios and imagining different things, right? We're not really doing it consciously. So, it drops down into our subconscious, the place between our conscious and unconscious. In the subconscious, where is where all of our habits live, and our beliefs around love, and our limitations. So, When we drop into this fantasy, say we're fantasizing about our twin flame, it is often limited and defined by our belief system. Now, when we have a vision, it is from a knowing, a deeper place, a supernatural place, a place that's tapped into beyond the unconscious, probably deeper into the superconscious, connecting with your higher self and bringing in a knowing where you've gotten out of your way of your beliefs, your limiting beliefs, your conditions. And that's why sometimes the visions can be startling because they may not line up with, say, the life we have right now, or the beliefs we hold, right? So that's a first sort of overview of fantasy versus a vision. So often on the twin flame journey, you may have a vision of a future with your twin flame. Now, if that vision comes just sort of as a out of the blue, it's usually unexpected. You didn't control it. You didn't ask for it. It just came to you. It could come to you through dreams, right? And then you just have this knowing that it's true. You don't doubt it. You know, you have this knowing that knowing lives in your body and in your heart. And here's the difference. Your heart will never lie to you. Now, you may question the knowing because that means you've drifted up into your mind, The mind may question it, because the mind is limited, the mind, your conscious self is limited with how expanded your consciousness is, and how much your subconscious, your old beliefs are affecting it. Now, the fantasy, right, we fantasize, that's coming from our limited beliefs, usually from a more childlike, playful place. And that can often lead to obsessions and limerence around the twin flame, right? You may have this knowing this vision, but then you've taken it a step further, say, and have become obsessed with it. And so basically, the difference is the attachment we have to the vision, and the fears we have surrounding it. If we have no attachment to the vision, say we just we've gotten this vision of the future, we've gotten this knowing, and we don't have an attachment to it, or a fear around it, then we're good, we've had the experience and we don't need to question it, keep revisiting it, we've experienced it, we know it. But if we have fears or doubts or attachments, we will start to fantasize and quite often obsess to hold on to this vision because there's a part of us that needs it to come true, that needs it to be validated, that needs it to happen. Right, this is when it gets into our mental mind And it gets into obsessions. And it really is all about love we didn't get growing up. This lack of love, this fear of abandonment, this fear that this won't happen. And so it comes down to, I believe, the difference between the fantasy and the vision is non-attachment. Because any attachment is based in fear. We only attach to something if we have fear that we're gonna lose it. And so any limerence, Any obsession, any fantasy that we have over and over about our twin flame is based on fear that we're going to lose them, that it's not going to happen, fear of abandonment, fear of not being with them. It's all fear based. Whereas a vision happens once or it happens a couple times or it happens in a dream, but we don't attach to it. There's a difference between attachment and non-attachment. Now, detachment, and I've done another episode on this, is different. We don't necessarily want to detach from our twin flame. We sort of can't. But we don't need to attach to them or an idea of them or any fantasy of them. Ultimately, it's not really healthy because it's based in fear. So if you've had visions, right, and you can hold them without attaching to them, just with non-attachment, they happened And it's great. Just like we don't attach to spirit, to divine source, to God, we can't attach to it. It just is omnipresent. It's here all the time. It's an energy. And love in this time space reality has become so based in attachment. And so we've equated most of us unconsciously love with attachment, right? But love, the energy of love is a flow, right? You can't hold on to love. Love flows, love is an energy, it is alive and it is in the present moment, right? And so that vision, if you've had a vision or knowing about your twin flame, most likely it was based in love, you felt it through the body or in a dream. And then what happens is you either attach to it or practice non-attachment, it was there and you go on with your life. So everything else is really based in fear and needing to attach. Needing to know an outcome. Now it's important to practice spiritual discernment around this, to tune into the vibration of your fantasies, if you're having them, and see how they feel. Where is the vibration in your body? Is this helpful? Is this for your highest good? Right? And this requires discernment. And as we move into 5D, we've got to be even more discerning and more conscious of our thoughts. It requires intense discernment of our thoughts, where they're going, and if we're out of control or we can manage them, right? So let's look at obsession versus knowing. When you obsess about something, it's overtaken you, right? We want to be the master of our thoughts. Our thoughts should not be the master of us. And this can be, for a lot of us, very difficult to navigate and probably the hardest spiritual work there is to do is to be the master of your thoughts to not let those obsessive thoughts take us away those obsessive thoughts happen again from fear from attachment whereas knowing when you just know something then you don't need to do anything else but then any beliefs or our mind our conscious mind starts to get involved fear starts to happen And obsessive thoughts creep in. Those obsessive thoughts are usually there to protect you. Because if you had to just sit with that knowing or that vision and not do anything, there's a part of you that may be really afraid. And that's the part that needs healing, needs to be looked at, needs to be held. And those obsessive thoughts and those fantasies are just distractions of being able to be in the present moment all the time and not attached to your twin flame. Right? I know it sounds easier than it really is. I truly understand that. But it is a practice worth cultivating to not attach to your twin flame, to not attach to those fantasies, to not attach to that limerence, that obsession, that overthinking, that habitual behavior that we think is making us feel good. But it's not based in reality. Right? We may get supernatural experiences on this twin flame journey. For so many of us, it w- wakes up some spiritual attunements and vibrations. And then we want to cultivate that all the time. And so we think the fantasy is part of it. But here's the big difference. The twin flame journey and the twin flame concept are vibrations that are in the 5D. Right, They're not vibrations that hold the vibration of attachment or obsession or of limerence, or of fantasy. The fantasy and all the obsession comes from a 3d mindset. And oftentimes, it's hard to conceive of our twin flame in our 3d mindset, especially if we have beliefs that go against this. And maybe we don't even know we have those beliefs, but they're in our family line or in our ancestry. And so they're in our body. And so the way forward to get into 5d is not through fantasy, or obsession. If you've had those experiences, you've had them. They don't need to be relived. They don't need to be validated, right? If you had that knowing that's enough. And the more you start to trust that, the more you will be able to tune into the truth around your relationship the more you lean into fantasy and obsession, the more you're saying to your higher self and to your conscious mind, I don't trust this. And I need to keep cultivating this imagination around it and fantasy around it so I can hold on to it, right? It's all about holding on to it. And we, if we want to move into the 5d have got to be able to let go let go of any preconceived idea of what the twin flame journey is. Take what resonates for you. This may not resonate. What I have experienced and what I know to be true is that this journey is not about attachment. This is a journey about unconditional love. And unconditional love is non-attachment. It is a flow. It is a trust. But it also does not allow unhealthy behaviors. And there's a fine line here too, because a lot of people accept unhealthy behaviors in the quote, unquote, name of unconditional love. It means that you love yourself first and every decision is based in love, based for the highest good, right? And are fantasies really for your highest good, right? They may make you feel better, but are they just a panacea? Are they just something to cover up what's really in the silence, in the stillness, sitting in the unknown, sitting in your body, right? For some of us, that can be really painful. And so obsessing or fantasizing feels better. And so I offer all of this just as an invitation to look at how you manage your thoughts around the twin flame, right? Start to become more discerning about your thoughts. Where are these thoughts coming from? Are they coming from that place of source energy and for my highest good? Are they a fantasy covering up what, what I'm afraid to really look at? Are they just making me feel good because I'm not with my twin flame, right? That discernment will help you so much on this twin flame journey because ultimately you want to be the one that knows what is your truth. Ultimately, you don't want anyone else or need anyone else to verify that this is your twin flame or that you're on a twin flame journey or that this and this and this is going to happen in the future, right? This is your life. You are the creator of your life, right? And if you want to create through fantasy and that's helpful, that's up to you. But I invite you to bring in discernment because you more than anyone else in the world know what is for your highest good. And your heart knows, your heart knows the truth and only the truth. And so drop into your heart and then listen. Because our mind and our personalities and our egos are really tricky. That's where the trickster lives and they can deceive us. So spiritual discernment on this journey is of the utmost importance. The truth will always be the truth. Whatever the truth is about your twin flame journey will always be the truth about your twin flame journey. Don't need to change it, can't change it. Our mind will conjure up stories, fantasies, obsessions, and we can get carried away and then we don't know what's real and what's not real. Twin flame is a 5D concept and the vibration of union is a 5D energy and it is not logical or linear. So learn to tune into different vibrations as you go throughout this journey. And if you have dreams, right, tune into the vibration of the dreams because when we have a dream and we don't need to know, we know what it's about, we don't need to know the answer, right? That holds a certain vibration of knowing because so often our dreams are visitations or we journey or their past life and those sort of experiences, we don't need to know the answer, we know what they are, right? But if we have a psychological dream, and our twin flames involved, it can be very confusing and we want an answer. That's a different vibration. That's something that's coming up from our unconscious and usually something that wants to be healed and looked at. If that resonates with you and you want further understanding of your dreams, you can check out my online course because those are the types of dreams I look at and it's a very somatic-based, creative-based online course so that you can understand the different vibration of working a dream through the body and creatively to understand how you can understand a dream and the different vibration of knowing versus fantasy versus psychological dreams versus in our mind it does take discernment and lastly i just want to reiterate that you do know the truth inside of you if you really tune in and listen from your heart you'll know exactly what to do every step of the way i hope that has been helpful and before we get to our twin flame share I want to invite you, for those of you who haven't shared your story yet and feel inclined to do so, to send your recorded uh, story in, Twin Flame Share, into transformation 11 at gmail.com. Don't forget the 11. And you can email me a voice recording about 10 minutes long. And now please join me for our next Twin Flame Share.
1: It was 1993, and I was just an 11-year-old girl when I saw him on TV. There was something strange about seeing him. There was a huge feeling of attraction and recognition. But of course, as an 11-year-old, seeing this young adult guy, this was at that point not a romantic attraction. I just sensed I recognized him, but didn't know from where. I knew for sure I'd never met him in my life before, but there was something so familiar about him. And this person just wouldn't let me go all these days after. I woke up thinking about him and went to sleep thinking about him. Since I was just a child, I couldn't understand what was happening to me. And I didn't know who to talk to about this. Soon I went into puberty and got all those hormones going on. And then I found out that I must be deeply in love with him. I thought this must be the love of my life. And I thought we were really meant to be. In the years following, I really got into spirituality trying to find answers where this could come from and what this could be. Because I felt so different from anyone of my age. I was just not really living in that moment and not enjoying being where I was. Something was just on hold all the time and I just couldn't change it. And I didn't trust anyone to be able to help me. Of course, I told my parents and some close friends about it at some point and they did support me in a way. But this was such a lonely journey at that moment. I felt that no one really understood what I was going through. These feelings were so serious and no one could talk it out of my head. I just knew I had to meet him. I needed to meet him, look into his eyes so that maybe he would experience the same and if not then I had some answers too. I tried to contact him of course, sending him a letter, a picture, a card or a drawing every once in a while. Not often, maybe four times a year or so. Because, well, I actually hated the feeling of being one of those many fans that tried so hard to get in contact. Of course, I knew I was not the only one trying. I wondered if he even knew I was alive. But I didn't know how else I would ever get to meet him. So, fast forward to when I was 18 years old. And this still went on. I convinced my parents I needed to visit the country where he was living. And they supported me so we went to his country and stayed there for two weeks i thought if this is meant to be then i might bump into him i had this deep faith so two weeks went by and it was the night before we would leave i didn't bump into him and i felt quite disappointed but then something quite remarkable happened i saw a man walking across the street and it was not him but a very close friend of his that i knew because he was a musician as well, and I actually liked his music as well. So I knew I had to go up to him and introduce myself, so I did. But next to him, there was a woman, and I just assumed it was his girlfriend. But she turned out not to be his girlfriend, but the girlfriend of the one I was looking for. Well, at that moment, I felt the ground under my feet disappear. There I was, looking into the eyes of his lover, just finding out he had a lover feeling all devastated, while I finally came so close to him. I knew I was not to meet him in that moment. It was not going to happen. His close friend, though, had given me his own correspondence address, telling me that if I would like to send him a note or so, it would be welcome. I didn't ask him for it, he just gave it. And I just thought, well, how nice, I will do that. We turned home, I did send him a letter, and to my surprise, he actually sent me a letter back, telling me that he would have actually loved to introduce me to the one I was looking for. But he said that the circumstances weren't quite right in that moment. Well I was just really delighted and confused at the same time. For a moment I got my hopes up again, but then I didn't hear from him anymore, and knew it was not going to happen. A few years went by, and then I found out that the one I was waiting for became father to a daughter he had with the woman I had met before. That really gave me a wake-up call big time. Then I realized I must stop obsessing about him. I am a young woman. I want to enjoy my life. I want to share love and intimacy with actual people around me. I wanted to open up my heart, and I wanted to bloom. I'm not going to put it on hold any longer, I thought. It was such a strong feeling, but first I had to go through what is called the dark night of the soul. And once I got through it, I completely felt reborn and enjoyed my life, enjoyed my work and the people I was meeting. And it was all good. I just really let him go at that point. This is where the magic actually happened. Because one day, just out of nowhere... I opened my email and there it was, a message from the man I had been waiting for all of these years, telling me he had seen my name and email address in the online guestbook of that close friend of his that I had met before, and he had heard about me and remembered my name, not only through that close friend, but also because of the letters I had sent him years before, and the pictures and the drawings. He could actually tell me about them. I did not know what came over me. This was something like a big miracle happening in my life. I needed to pinch myself many times. We had this intense exchange through email, sharing things about our lives and feelings. He really answered all my feelings in these emails. He told me that he felt the same about me that he hoped to meet me sometime, and that he feels this special connection as well. He told me that I'd crossed his mind often through the years, but because I was still so young back then, he had to put it aside and never let me know. His relationship with the mother of his child ended a while back, and there was now nothing holding us back to finally meet. So again, I traveled to his country, and this time, there he stood, waiting for me at the airport. We hugged, and it felt so familiar. There was no awkwardness. There was like an instant feeling of trust. I was invited to stay with him for 18 days, to be in his life, meet his family, meet his daughter, and also again, meet his ex-girlfriend, who was still in his life, because they had their young daughter to take care of, and they still did business together as well. These 18 days were so intense, they felt more like 18 years. The most beautiful and most devastating feelings came up all at once. Because, well, our connection was really special and strong. We talked for hours, for nights, we held each other and forgot about time. We laughed until we cried, and I thought I'd never felt stronger in my life. But then he slipped into a dark place. He had actually many complicated things going on in his life, and he did tell me about it before, fearing it might not be the best time to meet. But because he was just as eager as I was, he kind of hoped that somehow it would find its way. He was grieving the loss of his father, he had emotional and financial problems, his ex-girlfriend was holding things against him, putting him under a lot of pressure. And I couldn't stand to see him in so much pain and problems without interfering. So instead of supporting him the way that he needed, I put even more pressure on him. Worrying about him, telling him what would be best, interfering instead of seeing that this was his stuff, not mine. I had my own stuff, my own lessons to learn. And I didn't want to see it then. But he knew though. Him being 11 years older than me, having the life experience to see this... He found out that he was not ready at all to start a relationship with me or anyone for that matter. Still, he told me literally that he hoped that one day he could ask me to marry him. But he also told me that I shouldn't wait for that day and that I should go on and live my life and be happy. It was so confusing. It was so devastating. And now, in hindsight, I understand him so much better. There was no way that we were ready to be together then. But then, as a 24-year-old, I just couldn't understand how we were all ready to let go of each other while we were just reunited. Turning back home after these 18 days, feeling broken, I hoped we would keep in touch. He actually told me he wanted that as well. But our emails became more bitter and bitter. I was disappointed in the way he treated me and he was disappointed in the way he missed my support. It all changed into a time of intense missing and grief for me. He completely ghosted me, and again I went through a dark night of the soul. This time I wondered if I ever got over this. But then I somehow managed to keep myself sane and again chose happiness by finding the love in myself and sharing it with those around me, opening my heart up again. A year or so later, I met a wonderful man, with whom I first became friends, then lovers, and eventually we married. Years later now, we are still happy together. He also knows about this story. Of course, I will never forget about this person. Of course, there will always be this special connection. And even though up till now we haven't had any contact anymore, I know this is the true illusion, because if you have a special soul connection, You don't need that physical contact, there is always a connection. And since I actually became more conscious of that, from that moment on, the longing for actual physical contact kind of gradually disappeared and didn't seem that important anymore. So that is where I am now. Everyone who is listening to this and has a similar experience, I just wish you the best in this, and I just really wish you peace of heart again.